0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time, a wave sports and entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Uh speaking of haters, it is our time this week to have a guest join us um i mean i don't even know why he got that shirt on right when it was detroit versus everybody on sunday he was nowhere to be found now detroit not now for vinny goodwill of yahoo sports is detroit versus everybody right now not, now you not now you try not, now you try to be gang gang okay i see
1: you done Because it wasn't Detroit versus everybody over the weekend. It was literally Detroit and everybody versus San Francisco over the weekend. Did you see Eminem in the stands giving the middle finger and all that stuff? Everybody rallied around Detroit. Detroit wasn't no underdog. They had a 17-point lead. What are you talking about, underdog? Everybody rallied
0: behind them except for you. Except for you. Me Me and the city was there, right? Where was you? Where was you when Detroit needed
1: you? (laughs) I don't have an unnatural allegiance to losers. It's beneath me. That's why. Word. That's why. That's That's what it is.
0: That's what it is you out here talking like you five Okay. I see. I see that I see that I see that's what you I see. That's the game that you playing here. Not that you five Let me be very clear about this. I can understand why somebody would have that mistaken impression, but no, incorrect. Vinny is on the list of people that's taller than you might think. He is not five foot four. He is nowhere near being five foot four. He just acting like it right now. That's all. That's that's it. I don't I don't know why. I don't know why he wants to embody such behavior. But it's cool. I'm not even mad at you because like one thing I hate, I used to root for the University of Texas. And then I stopped doing that because every time they score a touchdown, they're gonna play that song that is basically feel like them spitting in my face. You dig? And so I don't do that no more. But people act like it's impossible for you to not root for a team anymore. And sometimes you just make that decision. Vinny used to root for the Lions, and then it was Barry Sanders, right? Like you just decided at that point you was off the you was off the train.
1: July twenty seventh, nineteen ninety nine. When Barry quit, I was like, you know what? I've had about 14 years of misery, maybe 10, like since you were like five. Five is around the age where you really start to get some knowledge of stuff. I was like, why am I doing this? I'm looking at my daddy living and dying every week with these bumps. And you know what else made me do it, Bo? Like, that's when I would just started to listen to like sports talk radio. And people were angry at Barry Sanders for quitting. Like, y'all ain't see him taking them hits for that poverty-ass franchise in the Silverdome when they gave him Scott Mitchell and Charlie Batch as his quarterback. Are you serious? Like, and then, and then, and then, here's the other part, Bo. You know what the Detroit Lions had the nerve to do? After putting Barry Sanders out there for hazard every week, they had the nerve to ask that man to give his money back. They had the nerve to ask that man, to, and they did with Calvin Johnson. I was gone by the end, but I was, I was disgusted. You know what they did with Matthew Stafford? They sent him on his way to a Super Bowl. They didn't say, Barry, do you do we want to trade you and send you somewhere you want to go? Calvin, we want to trade you and send you somewhere you want to go. No, we're gonna take your money. Why would I root for that franchise?
0: You know what's so funny about what you just said, and you referred to them as being a poverty franchise, right? Like that's what you said about them in that lifetime that you was talking about when you quit them, they had been to the playoffs like five times, five times.
1: They had actually been pretty good. How dare you be so greedy? Oh, oh wait, do you mean greedy when they fired Jim Caldwell after like him going 11-5? No, 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 that was later. That was, that
0: was after. I'm talking about oh. when you decided to leave because of Barry Sanders and you talked about how they was a poverty franchise. It wasn't poverty then, it was poverty after. Oh, let's 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 not get it straight. My my good friend George Foster tell that story when he played for the Lions, and oh wait, the year they lost all their games, and he talks about how that that was when um uh, I put on for my city was out right, and he said they would be in the tunnel. I put on for my city. So he Said be out there getting ready, <laughs> and then about halfway through the season, he was ready for it, but they played a song, and he was like, "I guess they don't want us to put on for the city no more."
1: They did not want y'all to put on for the city no more. That was exactly what had happened. That was poverty. Look, look, look. I'm going to tell you this. Two things. One, Sterling sharpened the back of the goddamn end zone. Okay? Like, you're talking about Lions going to the playoffs. They ain't never had no bye. They lost to Green Bay twice. Like, they gave Brett Favre the first playoff win of his storied career because somebody decided to leave the best receiver in the league, not named Jerry Rice, wide but naked open. Why would I root for that team? And secondly... Secondly, luckily I was gone by then, but I was alive, so I watched it. The Lions in 2007, Bo, 2007, they were 6-2 to start the year. Remember Big Sean Rogers? I'm sure you do because he came from your neck of the woods, right? Texas. They played the Denver Broncos in the 4 o'clock game in Detroit. They whooped the Broncos' ass. Sean Rogers ran like 90-something yards back for a touchdown, dove over the end zone. They were literally coast of the nfl you know how many games they won in like that next 30 you know how many games they won in the next 30 Bo? uno uno one yeah one. i know i understand you i like i say and did you I'm and did you not root you... for the atlanta falcons did you not root for the atlanta falcons
0: no, no what i'm saying is this i'm glad that you like hipping us to this history that you describe it, because ain't none of that stuff never happened as far as I'm concerned. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the bad old days, it's just the bad old days. That stuff never happened. We 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 hit we hit we hit. got on board with it. But I'm gonna ask you this. I'm gonna ask you this as like a Detroit correspondent. Like, seriously. There we go. They had they had to be feeling good for these playoffs, right? Like they even I feel like they, in spite of that link you sent me that I played on the show last week, and that dude started to cry in the car. They gotta feel good about it, man. It was a feel good season, baby. Feel good season.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, and you know what happens? When you have a feel-good season and you ain't never had a real feel-good season in a long time, you think you ain't got nowhere to go but up, right? They have, they have oh, so much Oh, here you optimism. go. Here you go wishing ill upon Ill- people you love. No, no. I'm not wishing ill. I was happy – you know, you know what I was happy about? I was happy that they played the Motown music going into the commercials. They were showing the nice skyline of the city. You know, we had the Italian stallion who lives in Ann Arbor talking <laughs> nice about Detroit just because, you know, he's a short helicopter ride from Detroit, from his palatial estate. I was happy that people got to see Detroit in a positive light. But the thing is, when you've been so far away from being relative you tend to think oh next year we gonna be back and we gonna be better than ever and that ain't how it works in the NFL I'm not rooting against them I'm just saying that's not realistic yeah yeah they don't sound very different I will
0: say this though I feel like I noticed that back when the Lions were sorry they played Motown and all the commercial breaks they started playing a lot more of that Bob Seeger and like in that white people Detroit a lot more Eminem a lot more Eminem going into these breaks um, I noticed in these playoffs that it had been. Like I say, when they were sorry, they they was playing a different kind of Detroit music that was out there. Now that they got a little bit good, it's all about Ma Spaghetti, right? Like, like in fact again, that's 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 what happened to the lines in the second half of that game, man. It was Ma Spaghetti all over the place, right? Like like them booties got tight, and Ma Spaghetti just, just came just came all the way out. I got a story for you about the stallion, by the way. Over Christmas, caught up with a friend of mine. We was at some restaurant and we was watching uh i forget what game was on but it was an nbc broadcast and terrico came on the screen and i looked at it and i was like that dude on the left said he italian and i will just never forget i would have to turn my body a little bit so you can get the full effect of it right so like you imagine the tv over this way and i tell her like hey that guy on the left say he italian she look at me and she go that motherfucker on the left No, no, no flinch in her face. No, no sense of humor <laughs> whatsoever. She just said as matter of factly as you could imagine. That motherfucker on the left. She couldn't, she, she was
1: floored. She was stunned. She could not believe what I had thrown out there. Did you give her the backstory? Did, did you, did you give her the details? I, I did. I did. I guess after that, I had to, right? Because she. she <laughs>
0: that's the thing when you tell people about this they don't chuckle they don't laugh they are really like wait no make this make sense to me like i've never had anybody when you first
1: tell them that respond by laughing <laughs> they gotta know that it doesn't make sense right so no. you have you like it it does not job, right that Mike Tarico is the dude that Eddie Murphy was talking about in Raw when he was doing the stand up and he was talking about Rocco. Yeah, that's that's not Mike Tarico. That doesn't go. I get it. The story is even funnier. Then the actual statement, the story itself, Bo, is hilarious yes. because yes. I believe yes. that it, the Italian stallion fully believes the story that he tells people.
0: Well, apparently, they did a story about him years later in the New York Times, where I think he said he was a mixed race, and then kept it moving, like he didn't really want to get back to the bottom of it. But there was still a point in time, there was still a moment where that bad, that bad was saying that, and and just go find somebody who, like, no matter where you are, if you were in a room. It got some strangers in it and it's an NBC broadcast. Okay, just tap somebody on the shoulder and be like, hey, that dude right there, say he Italian and just watch what happens. Because every time we talk about this, there's always a person that ain't heard yet. There's always somebody who doesn't know. Like you can never lose at parties with this one. Even the people who do know. They will all stop. Like, look, I don't know how this goes when you're around white people, right? Like, I don't really know. I, I, I don't really know how the game go. Like, I, it sound to me like what has happened at some points is that, like, Toriko. I'm trying to be careful with this comparison because I don't want people to extrapolate too much from this. But you know that part where Clayton Bigsby started like acting like a acting like a white person so hard that they believed that, okay, maybe he is, even though they could see him, yes. like, they were so taken aback, where they were like, yo, they were like, yo, it's the N-word here, and he's like, yeah, get that N-word out of here, and they were like, but, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the stallion, <laughs> maybe the stallion match. <laughs> one day he gonna call me, one day they gonna have some, that day I had to give him that Emmy one time, that
1: was hilarious. Wait, you had to give him an Emmy?
0: Yeah, I was a presenter at the Sports Emmys in 2022. And I forget exactly like what award it was, but the winner was Mike Tarico. And I gave him the award. And I got to be honest with you, maybe I was projecting, but I got the feeling that uh he heard. Was it a stern
1: handshake?
0: It wasn't so much a stern handshake. I tell you, it's either A, he had heard, or B, he was just entirely disinterested in me altogether. One of the two things may have been true.
1: Now, what if, now, do you know who has the hardest hands of any hands I've ever shaken in my life? It's a man who made Kirk Snyder bleed. The man needs to bleed. Jerry Stackhouse. Stack. Stack. Can can you imagine, can you imagine if you go to shake Mike Tarico's hands and he's got hands like Jerry Stackhouse?
0: Yeah, it's like, it's just for me. Like that, 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 that would, that would just be wild. We wildly really wilded up talking about the stallion. This ain't even really got. This ain't even really got got uh, got that much to that much to do with the stallion. But nah, like you, you at least felt good for your city, right? Like that was my thing. I feel, I feel like you would have to feel be happy for the people that was happy, even though you was already trying to cut
1: them down. Well, like I called my dad during the game, and he didn't answer the phone, so I called my mama, and my mama is she's wise. She's like me. You know what I mean? When 0-16 happened, we laughed. So I call at some point in the third quarter, and this is when Brock Purdy goes on one of those scampers, right? So we're just talking, and she's like, he don't even run. Tackle him. I'm like, bro, don't tell me you on this narcotic. I'm sitting there like – she was like, no, no, it's good for the city. She was on that. I'm like, yeah, it's good for this. it's good for the city. It was some civic pride. I was happy that people were happy, but people try very hard, Bo, to make you happy for the team. When you tell them, hey, you rooting for the Lions, you'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm happy for y'all. Have y'all fun. They look at you like you done committed a war crime. How could you not root for the Lions? I don't know. I've been living long enough to know better, but I'm not stealing your joy. I mean, that's cool. And at least now, you know,
0: you could do something more enjoyable than enjoy the Lions. Go watch the Pistons. It's basketball season after all. If I, like, if I lived in Detroit, I want football season to last forever. But nope, nope, nope. It's the Pistons, who are
1: 6-40. and 40. But didn't they, who did they beat the other night that's good? They, was it the Thunder they beat? They beat OKC with Chet and Shea playing in person. <laughs> well, I'll say this, though. I'll say this about OKC. I'll say this, Bo. Because I know we want to get there. Do we believe are we ready to believe in Oklahoma City as a playoff team to think that, like, even though they haven't gone through it, do we give them points because organizationally they seem a little more mature than maybe the players actually are? And to think that they're not going to get knocked out in the first round and that they can actually get somewhere because I think they could get somewhere.
0: All right, I don't think they're going to get knocked out in the first round. Like, I don't think there's any of those teams that are below that are going to handle them. I don't think they're going to get knocked out. I think the answer to your question, and you tell me what you think about this, the question as to whether or not how legit they are is whether you believe that Shea Gilders Alexander is a legitimate superstar at this point. And the numbers and the Thunder's record indicate legitimate superstar, right? Like, that seems to be right there. If you think he's that guy, then you think they have a chance? I think they have a chance to go. They have a chance to go deep, depending on how the seeding plays out. They have a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. But you know how I feel about this. Everybody, it's Denver, and it's everybody else. Ain't nothing. I don't know if there's anything that's going to happen in the regular season that's going to change my mind about the fact that it's Denver and it's everybody else.
1: Well, I'm ten, I tend to agree with you on Oklahoma City having a chance, right? But I talked to a GM on I think it was Sunday, maybe early Sunday. And I said the same thing you did. I said, look, Denver's going to not be bored with the regular season. They're going to see that winning this first seed is kind of in play because Minnesota and OKC are just going to have their stumbles. And they know the Clippers are kind of behind them. They don't want, I don't think they want the Clippers to get in front of them. But I said, okay, who's stopping him? And he looks me dead in the face and says, who's stopping Kawhi Leonard? He says, yeah. he's healthy. He said, and and I said, that's a big fat if. And he said, yeah, but he's lost weight. He's playing games. And who's stopping him? He's one of the best playoff players in the history of basketball. And to that, I had no counter. Other than just to say that Nikola Jokic is Nikola Jokic.
0: No, no. The answer to who will stop Kawhi Leonard, if anybody does stop Kawhi Leonard, is James Harden. If somebody's going to do it, it's going to be, look, man. The question, the thing with James Harden is, it's not simply that James Harden has not played well in the postseason, or it's not just simply that James Harden has had some bad games. Is that James Harden has been the reason that his teams have lost many times over. And in fact, when they were pulling off one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the postseason, it once happened with him not even on the floor, like he couldn't even claim any credit for that one. So the question for me about the Clippers is. Will James Harden make your team fall apart? Because I've watched him make teams fall apart. And I've watched him make teams fall apart that didn't even necessarily need him to carry them. That was the thing about the way it ended in Philadelphia was they didn't even need him to carry them at that point. When they needed him to carry them, strangely enough, he was a baller, right? Those games where MB did not play against mm-hmm, the Celtics. Mm-hmm. He brought it when they just needed him not to wet his pants. Pants were wet, right? Like, like... Can't, if he can get through it without pants being wet, then the Clippers are gonna be really, really, really tough to beat. And you are correct. There is nobody, I don't think, that can stop Kawhi Leonard. But again, as you say, there's also nobody that can stop Big Serb. Big Serb is <laughs>
1: Big Serb is still Big Serb. Yes, yes. And look, we can get wrapped up in all of this, you know, mini stuff with Embiid and who's gonna win MVP and all this other type of stuff. But I don't believe unless you're going to tell me that Jamal Murray is not going to be Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., which, OK, there can be some ups and downs there. Right. That's that's I'm going to say the mark, but that's the guy that you're going to look at and say, if we're going to beat them, that's the guy that we're going to target. All right, cool. That's your best chance. My thing, Bo, is this and going back to the heart and stuff, because I sit differently with you. The reason that this works is because you're not as dependent on him. You're right with Philly. Philly didn't need him to carry them, and he did win them two games. But baked into that equation is you know he's going to curl up at some point. If he curls up for the Clippers, do they have enough around him where Ty Lue can say, all right, James, you ain't got it tonight. You ain't helping us, but you ain't going to hurt us. We're going to sit you and play Russell Westbrook and hope that Russ doesn't kill us. Like, do they have the safeguard? We're doing a place? lot of hoping that people don't kill us. I just want to throw that out there. A lot of hoping people don't kill us. I'm with you. I'm with you, right? I'm, look, I'm totally with you. If James Harden is your second best player, you need him. If James Harden is your third best player, the dependency lessons. And then I'm asking you this question. Who are we pinning? that Philadelphia collapse on are we pinning it on 31313131 3-1, 3-1, doc rivers are we pinning that on 10 points less than season average joel embiid are we pinning that on the guy james hart like who's taking the majority of that as opposed to just one guy you know what i mean i feel like it's enough to spread around but who do you pin that on
0: that's fair. And the answer could be everybody. By the way, shout out to uh, East Side Reviews on the YouTube say there's a lot of wish meat sandwiches uh surrounding these clippers. I right, I right, they 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 we try to we try to dream them and dream them into it's not even that they try to it's not even they wishing they had meat. They 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 wishing that meat ain't expired yet. They just hoping they're hoping that they're hoping that bread ain't got no spots. They go they gonna open up that bag and it's just fingers crossed and you just hoping that bread ain't got no spots
1: on it. I mean, ain't but here's the thing, Bo. When you look at Boston, that might be the best up-and-down team in the league, right? Even Denver included, the most explosive team in the league. But you're hoping and wishing they don't have three bad shooting games. With Milwaukee, you are hoping that they don't collapse. With the New York Knicks, you are hoping that Tom Thibodeau doesn't run those dudes into the ground before the playoffs start. (laughs) This league, the league is so balanced in such a way that you can see five or six teams winning i'm with you i see denver winning it but if you fast forward it to june and and you told me oh phoenix got it together oh you know the clippers got it together like i could feasibly see a bunch of different scenarios playing out if were the case right now let's go
0: uh, like i want to stick to the west we're gonna get to the east a little bit later but on with the west all this talk are we doing about these teams at the top and the one we're not talking about is minnesota and have we just decided that
1: we just don't think they can do this I mean, you tell me when, look, look, when you have a 60 point game, and I know 60 point games are far more common now, right? And we can get to why and everything else. But when you have a 60 point game, a player with a 60 point game, and the coach sits his ass down in crunch time because he can't depend on him, why should I? <laughs> right? That goes back to to me. That goes back to being in college, and I heard a woman, I heard a girl say this about a dude. And this girl was a man eater. We used to call her Killer, right? I'll send you a picture of, it, and you'll see why we called her Killer, right? And some one day she said this to me about another dude because we was just cool. She said, "If a man don't respect himself, why should I <laughs> kill her?" And that's 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 where you are, like the Wolves. I think the
0: Timberwolves are going to remain having the question of, so how is this going to work in the playoffs with Carl and Rudy Gay, and Rudy, not Rudy Gay, Rudy Gobert playing together, right? Like that's, that's how this goes. Because, hey, credit to Tim Connolly. I thought it was a crazy move when they made it in the first place, right? But I don't think that any of us thought after they made the move to give like move heaven and earth to get Rudy Gobert. None of us thought that they would be sitting here at this position with the number one team in the West, right? Or the best record in the West at the very least. I don't think any of us thought that that's what it would that that is what it was going to be. It has turned to that. Anthony Edwards is absolutely making that leap um, into levels of stardom. We're seeing that Carl Towns has been better this year than I think he has been in previous years, right? Um, yes. But who's believing in this? And that's that's the place where I'm just not there yet with them, where it's just like, I don't know if I can
1: believe in this. Well, here's the thing. They have all the ingredients for why we should believe in them, right? They gave the eventual champs their toughest matchup in that in the playoffs. And they came out and said it. That's our toughest matchup. You have a wing superstar who we've seen in the moments lock up other wing superstars. Anthony Edwards locked up Jason Tatum at the crib during one of those in-season tournament games that we didn't really know what it meant. I'm with you. And Ant and Shade. that's going to be one of those superstar rivalries that we see for the next 10 years. All right, cool. They have a great defense. And quietly, this is the year that they have to make it happen, Bo. Because when you make that trade and you trade all those draft picks and you're up against the luxury tax, the second aprons and all that stuff, they have they were going to lack flexibility beyond this year. And Carl Towns is the guy, because his exorbitant salary kicks in, that super, super max, he's going to be the guy that they're going to be trying to look to unload. So as a conglomerate, this is the year. I trust that their defense will hold up in the playoffs because I do think that Rudy Gobert, despite all the jokes, is a premier guy defensively. I think he gets a bad rap for that Terrence Mann game because – how is he going to expect to guard somebody six foot five and chase dudes all around the perimeter? Like that wasn't his fault. But we have made a decision on him. I think he's fine. The question I always have is, do you have enough playmaking? Do you have enough guy who guys who know exactly where the ball is going in the last five minutes? The ball should be going to Anthony Edwards. Where's the ball going?
0: Yeah, well, I think for me. I don't know if they're going to score enough points or if they can score enough points. And if they can't score enough points, then that means the way they're going to have to score points is, A, hoping for hot nights shooting from Carl Towns, or B, Anthony Edwards saying, jump on my back. And he has looked at points like he can be the guy to say, jump on my back. And I agree with you about Rudy, where the issue in Utah wasn't so much that Rudy couldn't guard these guys, is that if Rudy couldn't guard these guys, they had no plan B. Like, that that seemed to be the problem, and you would think that Minnesota would know how to work around that. And honestly, if Carl Towns is not incapable of playing that kind of defense. He just hasn't done it. Like, there should be a world where you could ask Carl Towns to kind of be the backup plan if Rudy's got to go out there on the perimeter. But you also got to account for the possibility that the playoffs are going to turn into a big old game, a switcheroo, until it's Carl Towns guarding somebody at the top of the key. And then what are we going to do?
1: Yeah, and we know it. And we know One of those things that if we ever get to the rule changes, since you can't hand check and everything else, all teams are going to do is hunt the matchup. You're not going to hunt the matchup to get your big guy on the small in the post. You're going to hunt your guy so that you can get your perimeter guy. Let's say it's let's say it's Minnesota and Dallas in round one. You want to see Kyrie, assuming he's healthy and Luca dancing against Carl Towns that's not a matchup that's advantageous for them and I don't know if you have a counter for that if everybody's switching and either you got Carl Towns on the perimeter defending one or Rudy Gobert on the the perimeter defending one that's not a recipe for success
0: All right, we're going to come back and talk about a little bit more of this um, on the right time because I want to throw one thing out there about the west before we get to the east and it is it could be one hell of a play-in tournament uh, coming back on the right time Prize Picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season. Now you can play during basketball season, too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from producer Sean that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's a new year, which means it's time for everyone's new year's resolutions. We tend to get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. This year, let's stop the new year, new you talk and focus on things we want to keep the same in 2024. Whether you found a consistent workout routine, a healthier diet plan, or decided to read more, let's continue the things we did well last year into the new year. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash All right, Benny, check this out. Right now, if you were to look at it, play-in tournament in the West would have Dallas, New Orleans, the Lakers, and those Utah Jazz who just won't be sorry like everybody thought they were supposed to be. But anyway... The Warriors right now are a game and a half out of play-in territory. That's its own discussion. But if the Warriors got into that, I got to say, buddy, that is one intriguing play-in tournament you got there. And whoever does not survive that play-in tournament, who,
1: buddy, somebody should be getting fired. I mean, well, if you see LeBron's tweets today, somebody might be getting fired. Did you? You didn't see LeBron's tweet this morning. Yeah, what did he say about Darvin? He didn't say nothing about Darwin. He just tweeted Sands of an Hourglass. Oh, that, here we his go. time running out? The Lakers' time here running out? Go. Time running out to make a trade? Yeah, Bo, that's where we yeah. at. It is that time of year. Oh, it's, it's, oh it is that it's, time it's of LeBron year.
0: Passive, is LeBron passive aggressive trade request season? Yes.
1: Yes, that's okay. exactly what time. It is so, so what? Can, what what kind of trade can they make? Well, they can trade D'Angelo Russell, a player who's played remarkably well, all things considered, right? And maybe you can get Dejounte Murray. It doesn't seem like a whole lot of interest in bringing in Zach Levine and his contract. Both of those players are clutch, right? Like Defro Defro West, clutch sports, right? <laughs> that's what it is. He, he's look, look. East Coast is CAA. That's bad boy, right? <laughs> that, that, that's what that is. <laughs> that's, that's Puff Daddy's Biggie over there, right? <laughs> I don't, with, with Leon Wait, who's Biggie and who's Puffy <laughs> over there, right? I, I don't know. I mean, Leon Rose got to be Puffy, right? Yeah. Well, it's worldwide, who's Worldwide West then? Oh, that's a very good question.
0: That's a very good question, but you're right though. They are. It is definitely like it's clicks out here between the Knicks and the Lakers. You're right about this.
1: But but here, but my question is, and this is said with the backdrop of LeBron being a having it having a player option for this off season, and then wanting to play with his son. All these sort of conflicting agendas, right? LeBron's numbers look great. Anthony Davis looks like a legitimate two-way superstar. Looks like one of the great defensive players in the league and the numbers back that up because the Lakers are a top 10 defense. But how far are you going with LeBron at his usage, even though the numbers look good? And once again, you are a bottom 10 offense when your best offensive player is LeBron James. Is that a recipe for winning a championship? And if it's not and you're going to continue this LeBron-Lakers sort of partnership, it feels like there needs to be some sort of alteration to the plan. And not just bringing in a trade, a regular trade. You know what I mean?
0: Is this Darvin's fault or is this a roster situation? Like, I think, because I see a lot of people putting this on Ham in the lineups that he trots out there. But I still feel like the... The counting stats for LeBron James are unreal, right? Like it is mind blowing that he puts up the counting stats that he does in this era. A point I was making on Twitter the other day that went over just as you would expect is that we can't really look at these counting stats the same way in this era of inflated statistics. Like it's more difficult to evaluate that. You go to the advanced stats, they're great for somebody his age. They are not just flatly great. Like Anthony Davis is giving you something closer to flatly great than LeBron James is at this point so I think the, your question is how good can you be with LeBron as the centerpiece of what they got and my question is if we are assuming that you can still be very good with LeBron as the centerpiece I'm asking what can you do to make this team better because I don't see it like I thought I personally thought people got way too hyped about the dudes that were on that roster in last year's postseason because they still seem to me to be a bunch of just dudes and I'm looking at their names right now and they look like a bunch of dudes and I'm looking at their stats and they look like a bunch of dudes
1: I mean think about all the inflection points in last year's run the remarkable run to the western conference finals and I say remarkably in quotations right if not for Lonnie Walker the fourth having the fourth quarter of his mother bleeping life against Golden State in game four That series might turn out different. And that was not a vintage Golden State team. That was a Golden State team where Klay Thompson disappeared, right? Okay, cool. If not for the Memphis Grizzlies having epic brain farts (laughs) and moments that shows young and dumb, right? And granted, every team benefits from circumstances like that in the playoffs. But they got a lot of real estate for getting swept by. The Denver Nuggets. They were the one team that Denver did sweep in last year's playoffs, and yet and still they got more credit outgoing than everybody else, and that's why in part you saw the, you saw Denver out here flexing because they like we, we swept that team, and Anthony Davis played some of the best basketball of his life. Bo, can you imagine? how deflating it has to be to be Anthony Davis and to be playing all these games and to be playing against that dude and you're playing some of the best defense. I was there for all four games, Bo, hands in his face. He was doing everything possible and it meant nothing. He's never been able to say that in his life against Jokic. He's never been able to say it in his life. I I did everything right. It's like that um, that Kanye West, Kobe Bryant commercial, how many records can my records break? How much more can I do? More. Yes. What? Same you're animal, welcome. but Series a different over.
0: beast. <laughs> Yo, that, that exactly, we treated Anthony Davis like he was a different beast but the same animal. And you're probably and thinking the same thing Kanye was thinking in that moment. What the fuck does that mean, Kobe Bryant?
1: <laughs> but it's just what it is. <laughs> And to make matters worse, Bo, you're right about the play-in. Because you've got all these teams who have a player who can steal a game. Luka can steal a game. Zion Williamson can steal a game. Steph can steal a game. You have all these dudes, which is why I have petitioned to the NBA. You know, Bo, I officially petitioned to the league years ago to bring the finals logo back, to bring the the final script Mm -hmm. back. And I was on them for years until they brought it back. So I've been petitioning to the league to bring back five-game first-round series. Can you imagine Steph in a short series? They need it. The seven-game series was such a bad idea, they just got greedy, right?
0: Like, the five-game series adds an intrigue that they need. It adds an excitement that they need. And I also think for you to be a champion, you should be able to show that you can get off the blocks and that you can win, like, one of these super long series. But, uh, I would, yeah, Steph in a short series would be something, and God knows they need the help. Like I'm going to ask you this and I'm not trying to be too dramatic about this cuz I find myself as the guy that be hunting you know like I said I said about pop I just don't think there's any excuse for them to be as bad as they are, that he's looking like Bill Belichick. And I don't know why people treat that like it's controversial. The Spurs fans be like, well, they've got a long plan. How long is the plan? The plan been going for a long ass time. How long? I mean, Oklahoma City, they had a long plan. And look at where they are right now, right? Last year, Oklahoma City was 40 and 42. That was the third year they missed the playoffs, but they went to the play in they were 40 and 42. They So what are we doing here, right? But with a... A still very, like, still pretty good to very good Steph Curry. Because this is not 2016 Steph Curry. I don't even think this is 2021 Steph Curry. But it's still a really good player of, version of Steph Curry. Like I said the other day, LeBron was still a pretty good player. And that may have been too far. He's probably still a very good player. But he's not a great player at this point. Steph, to me, is not like a top five guy anymore. But you still should go to the playoffs
1: with him. And it looked like they might not even go to the play-in. And I think that's indicative of multiple things like both. This is what it looks like because we've lived in the age of LeBron going from team to team when they lose resources, when he gets bored, when he doesn't want to be there anymore, when he wants to be in charge and take on a new challenge, a championship decline looks like this where it looks the same <clears throat> at moments. You can rev it up at moments in a game. Steph can be just as good and as potent and as great as he's ever been, can you do it over 82 games? Can you do it in a seven-game series? The answer is probably no. And <clears throat> here's the other part for me, Bo. What are they going to do about Clay Thompson? What you going to do about Draymond Green? What you going to do about Steve Kerr, who's, who it seems to me – does it seem to me that Joe Laker is one of those dudes that thinks the coach really matters? Does he strike you as that type? Because Steve Kerr looking around and saying, Montee Williams got this money. Greg Popovich got this money. Ty Lue got this. Oh, not Ty Lue. Um, Eric Sposter got this money. He probably looking at it and saying, hey, where's my money? But are you going to pay him for a team that's clearly on the decline and we don't know what the answers are on the back end of this? This is what it looks like. This is what
0: it feels like. Somebody got to be heartless in this, right? Right? Somebody needed the needed to be the person, whether it was on Clay Thompson, whether it was on Draymond Green, wherever it is. Somebody had to be the one to be like, hey, man, it's a wrap on this. Like those Lakers, those Showtime Lakers, they was making tweaks, right? Things were changing along the way. Norm Nixon, okay, your time is up. We're bringing in Byron Scott. Now, of course, the Warriors made the giant tweak that one time. They went and got Kevin Durant. OK, cool. But most other dynasties or teams like this, Clay or Draymond, they, they'd have turned that into something else by now. They would have done that. You know, they have their all run is also so interesting because they basically had three years that they chalked
1: up. Well, here's the thing to me. We think of modern day dynasties, Lakers, Celtics, and they had catastrophic things that happened to them with the old Celtics. You had limb bias. And then when you thought you had the back end going to Reggie Lewis, boom, he dies. You know what I mean? Like, even though, even those teams that put safeguards in place, things happen. And remember, if not for Magic's HIV, Magic was going to be on the back end and the Lakers were going to try to make a play for Charles Barkley. And you know who they were going to trade? They were going to trade top 50, top 75 NBA Finals MVP, James Worthy for Charles Barkley. Why? Because that's the heartless decisions that franchises have to make to stay on top. The, can you see Golden State being that heartless? And see, that's my thing with
0: Steph, man. At some point, you got to make a choice, right? You trying to play with your partners or you trying to play to win?
1: Well, here's the thing. If, put it like this, if he had one life half left, just one, does he throw it to Klay Thompson or, or does he throw it to Ooh. Draymond Green? Ooh, I don't know about you. I think I would throw it to Draymond Green.
0: And I'm not sure how I feel about Draymond's long-term future, but I think I would throw it to Draymond
1: Green. Isn't that crazy? Like, most of us would assume, oh, you throw it to your splash, brother. You throw it to your teammate, the the low-ish maintenance guy that shoots threes and plays, you know, good enough defense. Not the dude that's choking people out or giving (laughs) them, you know, Giving them back backhand Irish whips, you know what I mean. But that's hey, the guy. Hey, but hey, that's, hey, that's the thing. So, sometimes,
0: so, sometimes somebody got to get choked out. Now it ain't never when Draymond do it, but sometimes somebody gonna need to get choked out. <laughs> He's always a little too too quick on the draw, but you know.
1: <laughs> hey, it, it, Bo. In every circle, you got one friend that's ready to fight. That's always ready to fight. And if you don't know who that friend is that's ready to fight, it's probably you. <laughs> Straymond Grace.
0: He's their guy. He's their guy. Oh, he's their guy. I want to jump right fast into east, uh to the east just for a little bit before we get out of here. Um, and by the way, on the Lakers trade moves, I don't know how good DeJounte Murray is, by the way. Uh, like I don't that that's one of those where I'm kind of like, I hear you guys. I really do. I just don't know how good he actually is. Like how much better. Does he make the Lakers? Does he make him? I mean, last year, I thought their moves were just going to get him in the play in and they got to the Western Conference Finals. So, you know, t- take, take what I say with the grain of salt.
1: Yeah. I mean, De'Jounte Murray is a good player. I don't know if he's a tier above D'Angelo Russell, especially when D'Angelo Russell is balling like he's balling right now. He playing like a dude that don't want to get traded. Or he's playing like a dude that's saying, hey, y'all, y'all can get me the keys every now and again. Or oh, D'Angelo
0: Russell just gotta be like, man, they just don't like me here. It'll never go for him with the Lakers like he ever thought it was gonna be, man. They just they, they just can't let they just why they why they still worried about old shit. They not thinking about that
1: dog. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> you think they thinking of, he thinks they thinking about that old shit the way he is doing really I don't know. I'm something. just saying if no, I was up, no. like y'all, like
0: like y'all go trade me again for real, for real. Like I'm actually out here doing it now.
1: Can you imagine the conversations a guy like that has? Because every guy in the league thinks that the only reason that they're not cooking is because of politics and the coach. D'Angelo yes. Russell can actually be out here cooking. And they're like, nah D'Angelo, <laughs> you're not you're not only not going to cook, but you're going to be the reason we lose. Why? Cause we said so. That's got to be a hell yep, of
0: a yep yep. That's all we did. That's all we did. Uh with the East, I don't know how much time we got to run through the whole conference, but I will say this. Hey man one interesting thing about this run of like player podcasts, former player podcasts, what we are learning here—if we didn't know anything else, man, yo, man—I don't feel like these dudes really like Doc Rivers very much,
1: dude. You know what it is, Doc. I'm trying to figure out if this is if if my theory on Doc is, I don't think the role players like Doc. I think I mean, the stars, does she count as a role player? Yeah, cause by by the time she got to the, I mean, Celtics, I know that by then he was a role player, then. but does he count? <clears>
0: right? Like, I guess Kenya Martin's a similar place. He didn't seem to feel so great about Doc when I watched what I happened. I Talk about it on Gil's show, and I I noticed he gets a lot of Glen um, from these guys. Though Celtics seem to like him. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Except well, here's for Rondo. The thing.
1: Yeah. Well, did, did you see Rondo was in the police blotter? The more problem, yeah, a, problems. Yeah. Different set of problems. Different yeah, set of yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah, different set of problems. Different set of problems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but. Sheed only liked Larry Brown and Dean Smith. Like when you're and when that's the standard for head coaches in the head coaches in your career, nobody's going to measure up in your mind. You know what I mean? So Sheed, you can take that with a grain of salt. But with Doc, I find it funny that Doc gets the gets the reputation as the guy who can handle stars. He can handle stars of a certain type. Right. He can handle Kevin Garnett because Kevin Garnett is not a dude that's going to have a problem with a coach or a problem with an authority figure. Right. Ray Allen, military kid, not really going to be the type to have those issues himself. Joel Embiid, James Harden, a little different. You know what I mean? But I do think that if you give Doc Rivers players or at least stars who you don't have to worry about them showing up on a night to night basis, that's the best recipe for success. We know Dame is desperate to show up. We know Giannis says he's desperate to show up, and you generally will. Like, he may not win all the he's time. He's never not but shown he's up. He's always he's never not shown up. He's played sometimes to his own detriment. So you don't have to worry about that. It's the other guys. Like, how's he going to connect with Chris Middleton and Bobby Portis, the guys that are asking for someone to lead? That's where That's where the relationship stuff comes in for me.
0: You better hope that uh Bobby Porters don't connect with you.
1: Oh, hands, 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 yeah, hands, yeah, very yeah, much, hands. Yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah, 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 much. yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Quick funny story. They were here. Milwaukee was here in Detroit for like two games. And last year, Giannis didn't play in a game that I brought my nephew to. My nephew's five. So I was gonna have him meet Giannis, right? Just have him, just have him, like see him shake his hand on the floor. So Giannis didn't play. So I go in the locker room. I let Giannis have it, like playfully, I'm like man, you give, you know, I spent money on these tickets, da da da. So he was like, okay, I'm gonna play next game for sure. I'm gonna play. So the second game was the game that my nephew was supposed to come to, but it was an ice storm in Detroit. So I go in the locker room after the game, and Giannis is like, he's like, Vinny, where's your son? I said, son. He says, where's your son? The boy. I said, oh, my nephew. I'm like, yeah, my, that's my nephew. Out of the corner, Bobby Porter's is like, VG, you got a kid? You out here lying? I'm like, no, oh, Bobby, I ain't got no kid. And for a split second, I thought he was standing behind me, and I had a flashback like I was Nikola Miritich, seeing Bobby Porters run at me with them heavy hands. He ain't got Stackhouse hands, but they ain't that far away.
0: I just remember Bobby Porter saying that he would be willing to forgive Miritich, as if... He wasn't the one who broke Mirotić's face. I also recall calling you to get the skinny on it, and you saying that people didn't say that it was like anything out of control. You referred to them as "quote regular beats," unquote. He just was the he got the beats. It was regular beats.
1: It just broke his face. It wasn't anything extra, from what I like. It like luckily for the Bulls, this wasn't like the Draymond Green Jordan Poole thing where we actually saw it. But from the story that I was told, from people who witnessed it and people who've seen the video that they would not let me see, they just said, "Hey man, sometimes you bark up that tree, and that tree fell on him." <laughs> Named Bobby poured his hands. They said it wasn't Ray even though. pop be- pop pop pop. It was just a pop pop pop
0: pop. He sent quick. that. He sent that man back over there where they got all them consonants. He ain't come. He 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 over there now.
1: He sent that man to a place where they throw batteries after games on the floor. And yeah. he's like, I'd yeah, I mean, rather he... play there than the civilized yeah. NBA.
0: Nah, nah, man. Like, I got to be out here speaking a language I don't even like that much. And I got to go through this. Nah, nah, nah. He, he took it. He took it right back. He ain't never coming back. He, he he has seen enough of America. He got his money. He got his bread. He probably back over there living like a sultan. He's straight. He's straight. Well, before we go, are we basically just saying about the Celtics, like, show me in the playoffs because nothing you do right now
1: matters because they have by far been the best team in the NBA this year? It is crazy how good they are. And look at, like, last night when they played Indiana. And it's just just a shock for me to see, like, 126-120 in a regulation game. Like, I'm still wrapping my mind around that. And then saying, you're playing good defense. But then you watch them play defense. And you got Derek White and Drew Holiday and then poor Zingas when he's out there and healthy. And then Tatum, quietly, a really, really good defender. So you're looking at them and saying, hey, y'all, the only thing that y'all have left to do is to actually prove in the playoffs that that three-point shot that y'all take 50, 50 a night of will not come back to hurt you in that really matters or that your defense will hold you up when your offense doesn't. That's the only questions we got. That's it.
0: Yeah. I mean, and we'll see.
1: Like, do you believe I in Jason Tatum? I was like, you, no. I was like, do you believe in Jason Tatum? No, I
0: don't. Not believe in him, but I don't affirmatively believe in him. Is that fair? Right? Like, yeah, like I don't, sense. I don't makes disavow sense. him. I don't renounce him. uh, but I don't know if I'm buying in. Look, the East is a is a full conference of well, let me see, including a team that's already won a championship. It's still a whole bunch of uh, let me see, the Sixers. Yep. Let me see the Cavs. Ooh, let me see more.
1: Right. But it's a bunch of, yeah, let me see. But Hey, can Joel Embiid be the MVP games played or not? If his team is a five seed, because that's what I they I mean, are. in this
0: day and age, kind of anybody can be an MVP, right? Dog, what
1: happened to standards? Can well, we not I think have a team there's 50 we've, games? We've just
0: taken, yeah, we've just taken win loss out of the equation And I do think the reason I think it may be fair to take win-loss out of the equation is because of the changes that they've made to the game and the levels of talent that we have overall, how good you are just because you have one guy, it ain't the same no more. You know, like it used to be that you got this one dude, like Shaq could come in and be, a. I mean, this is an outlier case, but Shaq could come in and be 20 game, 25 game difference. Larry Bird could come in and be a 25 game difference. Carmelo Anthony could come in and be a 25 game difference as rookies right? They could walk in the door and change the game. Big Vic walk in the door and the Spurs, sorry as they ever been. And without him being a disappointment. Like, I just just don't know if maybe it's just different in terms of what we could reasonably expect one person to do for a team. I mean, but we gave it to Jokic when they was, what, a seven seed?
1: Yeah, I think that might have been a year I didn't vote for him because Mm -hmm. of the standard. Because the one MVP since Voter, uh the media started voting on MVPs in 1980. The only MVP up until that point, up until 2017 or 2016 rather, no, it's 2017 because Russ won MVP and they won 48 games. The only MVP to not win 50 games was Michael Jordan in 1988, and the man won Defensive Player of the Year that year. So he was averaging 35 and was the best defensive player in the league. Yes, he's going to win MVP.
0: Yeah, and I think Mo Malone had one too, right? Oh no, since eighty. That's right. You said since eighty. Since, since 80. you said since the voting change. You're right, since eighty. Yeah. No, I mean, that all checks out. And yeah, that that year, that Jordan year was nuts. That's the eighty eight. That year was nuts.
1: Yes. And that was nowhere near the best version of Michael Jordan we've ever seen. Mind you, and he won an VPN defensive player of the year. Why what why are we having <laughs> conversations about GOATs? Why are we There is no discussion to be (laughs) had.
0: They were so bad at me me for just saying, look, all this extra credit that LeBron is doing after school is cool, but it don't matter. Like, this is not, to me at least, it's mostly about what you did in prime, right? And LeBron's Mm -hmm. prime was incredible. However, there was Mike. Like, there was, there was, there was, you could talk about who he played against, you could try to make them out to be a bunch of bums, whatever it is. Okay, fine, whatever, whatever makes you feel good. I'm just telling you, you dropped that dude off here right now, and he's still going to be Michael Jordan.
1: Every bit of – look, he played in the hand-check era. In his last two years in Chicago, he was the best mid-range shooter in basketball. This wasn't athletic, Mike. This was a Mike that was just, like, kind of mastered the game. Like, I don't think – put it like this. Yeah, like, here's the crazy part. You can't tell when LeBron lost the battle to be greatest player. Like usually there's an inflection point. This is when he lost the battle. We can't say that. Cause he wasn't never really like close. (laughs) And he did his best. (laughs) He did his best though. He he did everything he could do. He was a different animal, the same beast.
0: He did a lot. He's, he's so incredible. And his run was so great. It really, really was. The man went to the finals, eight, straight times in maybe the most competitive era of the NBA, right? I don't care if it was in the East or not. It's not the point. He played excellently. He really, really, really did. But Mike, Mike is a different thing, man. And I tried, I said, I said on Twitter, people got mad at me for this and it blew my mind. I don't know what they were trying to make out of this, but I had at one point been on the LeBron's the best player I'd ever seen. And then I went and watched some Mike on YouTube. It was like, sorry, my fault. Not because I'd never seen Mike before, but when Mike was out there, we didn't have YouTube. I hadn't watched Mike in a minute. I watched Mike back and I was just like, oh man, I did that that thing, the research for that project I did about the teams that all lost to Mike. And going back and looking at the details of all the series those teams played against Mike, dog. This is not, <laughs> I know we're not being specific. I don't care if I'm not making a case right now. I'm just telling you, unfortunately, there's nothing that LeBron James can do from here on out. I don't care if he's scoring 30 points a game at 50 years old. It doesn't matter. This
1: is over. The matter has been adjudicated. And no amount of extra credit or numerical, like, number breaking. Like, he could be top 10 in scoring, rebounding, assists, all that stuff. It will not change the minds. And the my, that Miami LeBron. That second and third year, LeBron, that dude was that level of incredible. Don't describe it. Like ain't no ain't no hating here. It is no hate oh. on LeBron at
0: all. <laughs> I mean, I here. was there. I was there, dog. Like it was, it was, it was something else. But I will say this to the NBA: speaking to LeBron, um, like trying to do things that it don't matter. It can't help. Shout out to the NBA from saving LeBron from trying to do something which was by um, retiring the number six in the name of Bill Russell. I mean, LeBron had to go back to 23. So, well, I don't know definitively if this is what he was trying to do, but since they took the number six away and he had to go back to 23 because it was retired for Bill Russell, you don't have to foolhardily try, if this is what you're doing, to try to get the Lakers to retire two numbers for you like your Kobe Bryant or something. And by the way, it saves Pat Riley from having to grit his teeth and retire LeBron's jersey in Miami. Because you know he don't want to. You know he don't want to. You know he don't. You know he don't. <sighs> He's got to and now the he number six to. is retired.
1: Pat has to. Pat's got to no Pat has it's already retired. It's you already retired. Look, that man got Dan Marino's jersey up there and Michael Jordan's jersey up there. There will be something for LeBron James in Miami. There better be. There should be.
0: There should be. We agree that there should be. We all know Pat Petty boy. Pat Petty 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 Petty. petty. Super Petty. <laughs> they might do it, and it may involve. Pat. Here's the thing. Well, no, I don't want to say that because he's getting he's getting up there. But I was I could think of a four word phrase that Pat Riley have used describe retirement because Jersey going. I know where he was going. That might. Yeah, I don't want to. Hey. That right there is Vinny Goodwill. Check him out at Yahoo Sports covering the NBA and also check out the Good Word podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. My man, I appreciate you. Appreciate you for having me, man. All right, man. Sean, you got prize picks for the people, baby? I sure do, Bo. Got some NBA picks. Victor Wembanyama over 10 rebounds. Bradley Beal, more than five and a half assists. And Paolo Banquero, more than 29 and a half points. That's all I got today, Bo. All right, there we go. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. That is Sean Yu. He handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, follow The Right Time. Subscribe, like rate us review us give us five stars you only give us four stars i'm inclined to believe you are a hater and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days take it easy